Hey Jess, how does the guitar part go? It kind of sounds like Oh, like this? Take my pod, take my cast Take me where the shows don't last I don't care, I still see Episodes I pay to stream No more din, no more moff No more take that helmet off now that Mando's off Disney, you can watch Firefly with me. Pew, pew. Well, hello there. Thank you so much for joining us, as you do every week for the sudden but inevitable rewatch. I can't tell you how happy I am to have you here with us. Hello to the live viewers, and hello to the podcast listening audience. Now, normally what I do right here is I jump into the introductions, and I am going to do that, but right away I just want to say thank you so much to everybody on social media this week, on Twitter. Um, We are very close to breaking 400 followers, and we're also very close to breaking 800 downloads, and I just can't thank you guys enough. This is this is just so much fun for us, and I just want to thank you as much as I can every week for coming along on this journey with us. Now, with me as always this week is, of course, our certified companion, and that is Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D, how has your week been so far, my friend? Uh, it's been a good week. I got a new ship, as you can see. Got a new operation to work out of so everything's been good it's been a good week that is wonderful to hear it your ship if i may say just right off the top very shiny i'm digging the effects man it's 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 a good way to shiny and wrinkly yeah that's the way that we like it good morning saxon and good morning Callie d um if one of you wouldn't mind shooting a quick reminder to shepherd rosie i didn't send out the live tweet on our main show account this week and i feel bad and i don't want her to miss anything if she's available to watch if one of you ladies wouldn't mind doing that, I would deeply appreciate it, and I would be forever grateful. Uh, thank you for joining us, as you do every week, Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D, especially in your new ship. You are just shiny, and I love it. Now, normally we have two brand new people, well, two people to introduce here that have never seen Firefly before, and that's Josh and Kylie. This week, right now, it's just Josh, but rest assured, Kylie will be yes. joining us later. Josh is the head of the Twist My Arm Network. Josh, I feel like you may have had the kind of Friday that you need to just have a podcast at the end of. Yeah, man. It was a rough It was a rough Friday from the very beginning, you know? Like it just yeah. man. But I'm glad to be here. I'm stoked to get this thing going. I had to put up my sweet background of being in the Firefly ship because you know, obviously, duh. Yes. Um, and I, Ricky, I love your new ship over there. It's uh, still not as good as mine, but, you know, whatever. It's not. <laughs> and also, I, I did it. send out a live tweet <laughs> tagging the Sudden But Inevitable podcast. Just if if that, oh, thank uh, you, thank if you, that thank helps. You. <clears throat> it does help. It helps immensely. So I'm going to take uh, just a really quick moment, Josh, to say I'm, I'm sorry that you had a rough Friday, but... Um, 
Ricky D and I at least are definitely here to carry you as is Rona. Hello, Rona. Good morning from Scotland. I can't believe that still. That blows my mind. And hello, Browncoat Pult. We will be hearing from Browncoat Pult shortly. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have one more introduction to make this week. Now, it may feel a little bit unfair to Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D for me to make this introduction, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. Joining us this week, straight from the Twist My Arm Network's newest 100-plus follower Twitter Thank account you. podcast, is Chip is Chip Up Anonymous from the Marvel Canon Madness podcast. Hello, Chip. Thank, Thank you. you for joining us tonight. How has your week been so far? <laughs> oh, man. Let me tell you, it's been, it's been really hard dealing with the high level of fame that I have Wait. now, that mm-hmm. we have 100 yep. followers. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but you know, I'm trying to trying to stay humble, trying to take it day by day. Verify you know? the votes. <laughs> I want to give a, a a nice round of applause and uh, hundred followers. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't stepped down and admitted defeat. And also, Ricky D, best flicks with Ricky D. Also, one hundred followers, yes, verified followers. <laughs> oh my! Yes, God. they. <laughs> Oh, he Jesus. means verified in that he went through and made sure all of them are not bots. That's, that's <laughs> but that's a good thing to do, especially when you're a podcaster. Um, thank you, Josh, Ricky D, and Chip for joining us this week. I'm I'm so happy to have you guys here to talk about Firefly, and I'm really excited that we get to you know have a show where we have a live family here with us talking about this show. It's just. I've said it before and I'll say it again. This is the best part of every week for me. Um, I do feel a little bad, you guys. I had the day off today, so it wasn't that rough of a day. Um, Must be nice. We, we, to be fair, I I also have a daughter who is two. So that's part of how my day off went. And I'll just leave it at that. I Um, can see. It's it's cool. Um, I I do want to make everybody aware there is going to be, uh, there's a high chance of Kylie happening on this show. It's not that she's gone forever. She's just helping her mother prepare some brunch. Yeah. And that's just a wonderfully, wonderful thing that, you know, you would sort of expect from the crew here at Sudden, but inevitable, I think. It's Easter weekend and, you know, there's a big family gathering. So she's up there helping, helping make that food. You know what other weekend it is, you guys? I better just say this right at the top. It's also the a couple of days. It's the day after April Fool's Day. Um, depending on when you're listening to this, it could have been a few days ago. But uh, I know that you follow at Sudden Butt on Twitter. So you saw my fun little April Fool's Day prank where I, you know, had maybe suggested that some Fox executives had contacted us and canceled our little podcast. And while I thought it was hilarious and I... I still think it was funny. I do understand that it was opening a wound that we may never heal for some people. And I apologize if we caused any pain with that. That was not our intention. I was just trying to be funny. And I I never had a Twitter account where people would see my April Fool's Day joke before. And I thought how wonderfully appropriate this would be. So, hello, Rosie. I'm so happy that you're here. I was just talking about how sorry I am if I scared you <laughs> with my April Fool's Day tweet. Did anybody else? Did anybody else get got by an April Fool's Day joke? No. Uh, the first thing that I saw that I thought might be legitimate was Bruce Campbell tweeted a photo of a script page where <laughs> um, Doctor Strange comes across Ash from Evil Dead during the Doctor Strange Two movie. Um, 
in that he's like hopping realities or something and i was like oh that's really cool there's no way they would let him put that out oh it's april fools oh i actually already made an april fools tweet how did this happen to me but yes it, it was yeah but yes rest assured rona rosie and saxon we are not canceled no but so i didn't get got which because i knew it was april fool's day and i'm already on guard anyway for stuff because of ricky d over here he's kind of a he's kind of a trickster <laughs> But uh, he's a rascal. He's a little rascal. <laughs> but Rapscallion. no, Kylie. Um, it was I don't know during our lunch break because we kind of take lunch break at the same time. Oh, um, she looks over at me. We had just gotten done talking about like fun April Fool's Day jokes. We go inside. We're eating our food, and she's like, "Oh my god, Denver International Airport is training a llama to to be a guard dog. Like, check this out. No, like, like it." It smells better than dog. And then she like kept reading it. And the more she read it, she's like, oh, oh, shit. She's like, you know what? <laughs> but yeah. I'm really sorry I made you listen to this. That's great. So she got Ricky got. Ricky or Chip, did, did did either of you guys get got? Uh, I didn't get got. No, no, I was But good. I liked my personal joke tweet about how Best Flicks is going on FM Dial. That was fun. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I also really liked the one where you were saying Gilbert Gottfried was going to start being a uh, a staple yeah. on your podcast, and he would read some of the titles that were leaving. <laughs> that was that was one of my favorite parts. Um, I will just throw out really quickly before we move on. Saxon, um, she emphatically labeled me a brat, and that is like specifically the one word that my mother will still use when she wants me to know that the the argument is over and that I'm. I'm not going anywhere with it. Should just go. You're a brat. So, my mother is vindicated, and I apologize one last time for any unintentional pain that we caused. You know, Rona, Rosie, Callie. You you all saw the hilarious gifts that people were posting to us. It was it was just wonderful. <laughs> so, um, before we get into our corrections, we are going to get into our corrections. But this week we have a very very special segment. We have received a couple of waves. You always may remember. Josh and I talking about the phone number that you can call to get a hold of any of the Twist My Arm podcast shows. You can call 508-93-TWIST and you can leave us a voicemail. You can give us your Simon Says selection. You can give us your rating for an episode. You can, you know, give us a, a something that we missed. Make a, make a, you know, hey, you guys didn't point this out. And I think that's a pertinent point, you know. You can also text that number. Yes, and if you make a phone call to it, we will get a transcript of your voicemail. Ricky D, I feel like maybe you have a question. Uh, I just wanted to say I always really enjoyed like prank calling the radio stations when uh, when I was younger. Oh yeah. Oh, did yeah. you? Yeah. That's weird, huh? What's That's interesting? What's really cool about what's really cool about our voicemails that we've gotten so far is that you can tell that they're a hundred percent genuine. It's from people that are listening to the show and they really care about the dynamic that we have going on. So. Um, I think the second one has a bit of a thick accent, so let's think, let's save that one for a second. But Josh, if you want to play the first one that we got, I think we have a caller who actually addressed their specific feelings about everybody on the crew. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, completely legit. Um, yes, hello. I've been listening to your Firefly podcast, and uh, it's okay, but I just wanted to say that Jesse talks too much Josh has long hair like a hippie. Kylie is a girl, so she shouldn't be on there at all. Uh, Ricky is doing pretty great. I really like what he has to say. And I think you guys 
should do Freaks and Geeks for your next rewatch. Thank you. Get him as a guest. We need to hear the more from this okay, guy. Okay, I... Speaking I, of fake news... Okay, I... Yeah, I... I saw the transcript of that voicemail. I, I was... I had all this... Oh, okay. I all know right. genius. Well, I, I hope it. that that fan... I I hope that look, fan okay. got it off of his or her or their chest. I And here's the thing. We... Ricky D, I think... Best Flicks with Ricky D, it might be time for that show to have a guest. Oh, yeah. I, I'm just saying. Like, you could probably get in contact with this listener, and they could be your first guest, I think. That would um, make a good guest. <laughs> so I'm really glad that... Yeah, I'm I'm really glad that Rona and Callie are here because this next voicemail, it has a little bit of a Scottish accent going on. Um, you may recognize this person. They're a little bit famous, um, and they're a little bit famous in the sudden circle, if you know what I mean. So, um, Josh, if you wouldn't mind taking it away with that second voicemail, please. Sudden, but inevitable. Hello. This is Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Holy shit. I, too, have a starship. You may have heard of it, the Enterprise. It's pretty cool. We've saved the galaxy a couple of times. You're welcome. I've been monitoring your transmissions and following the adventures of the Serenity. Charming ship, isn't it? That? I mean... No transporters to be seen, hardly a, a, a replicator to be found, and not one functioning holodeck. Honestly, how is the captain supposed to reenact his dime store detective novels? Oh. Well, speaking of the captain, he's, he's an interesting fellow, Captain Reynolds. Didn't know what to make of him at first. He, he seemed a little crimey, probably doesn't read much, swears like a Chinese sailor. But he does demand the loyalty of his crew, and he gets the job done. And between you and me... I'd be lying if I said I never fantasized about kicking a Ferengi through the Enterprise's nacelles. <laughs> but it wasn't until last episode that I really related with the man. For I, too, have been harangued by a temptress con artist, and I, too, have been left planetside in a very compromising position, wearing only my pajamas. <laughs> so undignified. And poor Captain Reynolds, naked as a baby, just, a, just as prime erective flapping in the wind. Oh. You guys, what an honor, right? I mean, to be contacted by the <laughs> Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Oh, that wasn't Sean Connery. Via Sean Connery. Oh. <laughs> oh, it was it was it was it was a message from the captain read by Sean Connery, clearly. Okay. Okay. Oh wow. That was I can't I think we've made it, you guys. That's the kind of voicemail that lets you know That's you've it. made it. That's it, right I, there. Wow. Contacted That's... by the captain of another ship. I'm a little suspicious. Yeah that the that person wasn't who they're claiming to be there's a lot of that going around yeah yeah i was sure gonna is. say i don't know what would make you suspicious of that um but all i'm gonna say to ricky d's point is if you wanted to watch or you know hear about like the adventures of captain picard with a heavy heavy layer of sean connery <laughs> You could probably follow at Greenshirt87 on Twitter, and you could go to at your favorite podcast service and download every episode of Greenshirt, a newbie's trek through the next generation. That's what I would do if I were you and I were sitting in that situation. 
All right, you guys. I think with that, we are going to move straight into our corrections segment, which we like to call where, well, we call it Goramit mistakes or Goram mistakes, depending on uh, if I'm reading the screen correctly or not. So <laughs> I did it more like <laughs> Goramit mistakes. <laughs> you know. Oh, okay. You know? I, I get that. I feel it. Okay. Um, so we don't have many, <clears throat> well, I didn't catch many this week. Let me just say that. Um, but very first, right up front, let me just ask you, Ricky D, would you like to take this moment to um, show us your true quality? Because I know that you are a man of honor and respectability. I am. I am willing to admit to my mistakes rather than try to hide them. So I wanted to be up front. Still holding on to that, huh? It's something that happened. Uh... <laughs> So, last week we were talking about when I mentioned a quote from River, I'm going to melt your brains. And you called me on it, and you said that quote was from, I called it from several episodes in the past, but it didn't happen until several episodes after I mentioned it. And I said, I'm not sure, I think she might have said it previously, because it was really fresh in my brain when I threw that quote out. So I did some research, I did my due diligence... And it wasn't in any of those previous episodes. She never said really anything of the like. I must have seen a gif. I must have, you know, seen something somewhere where that triggered it and put it fresh in my brain. So I was wrong. I made the mistake. And I dug my heels in, which I shouldn't have done. So that was Goramit, <laughs> a mistake. I feel your pain. I just had to do the same thing. With uh, Chip and Roy on the MCM podcast, I, I, I had to admit that I was wrong, and it just pained me so much. I, f I feel you, Ricky. I'd I rather be an honest, be wrong, and be honest than try and hide my mistakes and try and deceive the people that I'm trying to make a connection with. Okay, too far. <laughs> and I, and I, no, 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 no. Ricky is going exactly the correct distance, and I just want to say that was beautiful. And I cannot wait to edit it out of the podcast version <laughs> and replace it with Ricky saying oh no when I say, would you like to show us, would you like us to show your quality now? So I think our second mistake, Josh, was actually, well, it's not really a mistake. It's just a fun little detail that was brought to our attention by a, a friend of ours named Browncoat Pult. Yes. And this is, this is actually a really fun thing. So in the future... If you noticed in the last episode, I didn't notice this personally, but in the last episode, they you may have remembered a scene with some trash cans in it. We may have discussed that scene. Mm -hmm. um, and there are these computer screens on the trash cans, right, that are like, here's how the trash can works, here's how you program it. And our friend Browncoat Polt pointed out that those computer screens are actually running, what is that, Windows XP? Do you want to do you want to read the email, Josh? Yeah, I got you. Okay, so he says, "Hi, SBI cast. You all make you all made a Goram mistake. Actually, a Goram omission that needs to be rectified. You failed to mention that the window operating system, most likely Windows XP. Uh, there is debate about this one on the net, which is amazing. Uh, is still being used 500 plus years later. So he's saying that Windows XP is still being used in the Firefly universe. You can see this on the display when Jane is working to switch the cards in the trash can. Uh, I don't have the screen grab open. Dang it. 
Oh yeah, I do. Hang on, I'll open it. Um, <laughs> and so he says. So either that speaks to how good of an operating system it is to last that long, or that is only good enough to run a garbage system trash can. <laughs> Love the podcast. Been rewatching and listening along with you all since you start. It is great to listen to others, others' analysis and comments on the show and even learn some new things in the process. Brown Coat Polt. Thank you very much, Brown Coat Polt. We appreciate that. And I think it's actually a nice little world-building detail, right? It's like, okay, even in the future, <laughs> A, nothing works, that's inc- right? That's incredible. And B, there it is. Look at that. That's Windows XP with the classic turned on for sure. Or it's Windows 2000, or it's the even more popular Windows 2000 NT. Um <laughs> But here's the thing. That's excellent. I think it points to, like, even in the future when the Great Alliance is, you know, flush with rich technology, they are cheaping out wherever they can, um, sometimes evidenced by the costumes that they put their guys in and sometimes evidenced by the fact that they're running 500-year-old operating systems that were buggy when they came out. So, I mean, that's I think that's a really cool... Like, thank you for bringing that up because we did omit that. That is very cool detail, and I'm very glad that we got into it. I'm actually kind of disappointed in myself for not noticing that because I'm pretty good at noticing small <laughs> little details, which Ooh. this episode, you told me to look out for something, yep. but man, I was an emotional wreck by the end of this episode, so <laughs> I was not paying attention. And there was a lot of like personal things that kind of brought me into an emotional I've got wreck more, with this. But, like, I've got more details yeah. about this episode that's going to make it even more emotional for you. Oh, good. That's great. <laughs> good. So we will move into that. I think uh, Shepard Rosie said she has the photo of where Han Solo is ready to send you. So Shepard, if you'd uh, like to send that to at twistmyarmcast on Twitter. <laughs> or, or email it to me, so, twistmyarmpodcast at gmail.com. That might be the best way to do it. Oh, right. And then he can put it up on the screen. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. And I would, I'm, I'm sad that I missed it, but I'm happy to put it up and like see where it is. So when I watch this again, I can be on the lookout for it. <laughs> yes. And I would like to point out that Josh isn't even acting like he's not going to watch this again. So <laughs> what we normally do here is we hand it over to Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D so that he can give us the synopsis of season one, I'm sorry, episode 12, The Message. Take it away, Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. All right, this is The Message. It was written by Joss Whedon and Tim Minear. Directed by Tim Minear. This episode never aired. Mal and Zoe receive the mail. <clears throat> sorry, Mal and Zoe receive in the mail the body of Tracy, a comrade in arms who fought with them in the Battle of Dukang, and they attempt to honor his recorded wish to be returned home. However, a corrupt Alliance officer demands they return his body and the goods the soldier was smuggling. While re- while searching the body for clues. They learn that Tracy is still alive and smuggling organs. Tracy is double-crossed. <clears throat> sorry, Tracy had double-crossed his employees, but they killed his new buyer. Mal is ultimately forced to kill him and protect his crew, and Book blackmails the officers into leaving. Mal and Zoe take Tracy's body home to his family. Sorry, that was so, a little bit rough. I'm still learning my new computer setup. You're good. <laughs> Well, and you've got that whole new ship around you. I'm sure it's just that you're in a little bit of a of a funky atmosphere. That's so not a problem. Where at are all. you getting your uh, synopses from, too? 
Or are you making uh, these up on your own? <laughs> no, Firefly, Wikipedia, the TV series. Okay, okay. I just, the one that I have is always <laughs> so much different than yours. It's just from IMDb, but it's always just so much different, so... IMDb is kind of notoriously curious. not great with that. I consider reading heard. the synopsis off the back of the DVDs, but they're super duper short, okay. and I think this is a little bit better. Yeah, and these ones these ones are nice. Yeah. They're and they these one the Firefly synopsis on IMDb has not been bad. I feel like it's a it's a fan run site, isn't it? Like, isn't it a uh, the Wikipedia. I mean, it's it's a yeah. So there's a difference between the Wikipedia article for Firefly and the Firefly Wiki, and both of them have very similar synopsis. But the Firefly Wiki goes a little further into detail than is you know necessary sure, for sure. like a quick synopsis, As, and it, yeah. and it has like links to all the other stuff that's going on, things like that. So. Um, right away here, we start in this like space bazaar, which I thought, you know, very Star Wars, yay for Josh. And we have this guy, we get this piece of world building right away where we have this guy who's like, I have proof of alien life. And it's kind of the first mention that we've had in this series of non-terrestrial beings. And the guy is like talking it up. It's just like an old carnival, you know, and like, then we actually uh, Rosie says your email has been sent, Josh. Yay. And then we actually get to see what they're looking at. And he says, you know, it's just a mutated cow fetus. It's not a big deal. Um, but the whole time that Simon and Kaylee are in that room together until, you know, Simon steps in it. I, I had the biggest smile on my face. I was just like, look at them. They're so comfortable. They're so happy. Like this, this is not going to last. Josh, how did you feel about this scene? Um, I, I actually uh, didn't. I, I couldn't I forgot that they were a thing you know I, I forgot that uh, Kaylee and fake Ryan were like kind of seeing each other <laughs> um, sometimes and it just at first I was like oh god I actually watched this scene a couple times um, but I needed to take some notes and I, I he was so awkward man he was so bad and I guess it's the point of this whole scene, but like, yeah, he just, right. I don't know. It, it was, it was weird, but it was also kind of cute at the same time. Uh, what do I have in my, no- Oh, <laughs> fake Ryan and Kaylee are a thing. Forgot about that. They're so cute. Eek. Except that literally the only girl in the world thing. Oof. So bad. At yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, so. he almost looked like he was, on drugs during that conversation to me he was like yeah and also like it's pretty much just you and i was like what is going on like how is he this bad like he's he's he should have learned some amount of lesson from not reading the room so many times already in the series like you would think that he would get better at this like uh, chip what did you think about this scene my dude has no game whatsoever (laughs) like all he has to do is not mess up, and every chance he gets, he just messes up. Like, all he, just <laughs> just sit there and shut up, and you're probably gonna get some. But no, I was gonna he say just, like he just has keep, to not talk. Yeah, but no, he just keeps yep. messing it up for himself. Kaylee's getting real frustrated. She's thirsty as hell. Like, man, he's just. I really love the line that Zoe gives him, where he's he tells her, you know, I'm not great at talking to girls, and she goes. Why is there someone you are good at talking to? Yeah. Oh and my he's god! He's like, oh yeah, 
I'm bad at human, human interaction. Ricky D, what did you have written for this scene? Well, it kind of felt like an actual date uh, that they were going on. Mm. They were kind of going around having an actual date, and it occurred to me that the reason their relationship hasn't developed is that Simon doesn't have opportunities to take Kaylee on proper dates. The same way he doesn't swear because it's never proper to swear, he can't court her because he has no proper situation to do so. He can't just start fooling around in the middle of a dirty cargo ship. He has to take her on dates and put her through the proper courtship, uh, whatever that is. I like. What, I see what you're saying. I like what Callie says. Oh yes, about Callie. How, she, how he's most comfortable when he's talking about the mutated cow <laughs> fetus. Uh, it's so true yes. that that's who he's comfortable talking to: dead people and people that are on his table. And it's not even like mm-hmm. you know how doctors are; they're not good at it. It's not like they're good at talking to you, and they're like, "Oh, hey, man, yeah, you're dying and stuff, but I'm gonna do my best. <laughs> we got this. <laughs> Hang in there." Like, well, I think. Personally, I think that it's just the whole scene is kind of meant to illustrate to your point, Ricky D, about not really being in like the ideal situation to form a relationship. It's like the that doesn't really matter. Like you're never in the ideal spot to form a relationship. You just have to commit to it and do it. And I think what they're trying to show us is that the issue with Simon here is his perception, right? Like he's not looking at Kaylee the right way. And that's why he's having trouble figuring out, you know, why is she getting upset when I say stuff that's true? It's like, because it's, it's the way you say it, right? It's not what you say. It's the way that you say it. So I just, I love that scene. And I think that, that, everything that you guys have said probably plays into it to some degree, right? Like it's, it's this big mishmash of like nothing ever works out for them because they're the will they won't they couple of the show. Um, I really love though that Kaylee has become more confident, right? She's like, okay, dude, you're striking out. Never mind. And then she still goes to seek comfort in Inara. She just lays her head on her and she's like, ugh, boys. And Inara's like, yeah, I know. What do you have, Josh? I have Kylie. That's what I have. (laughs) Welcome to the show, Kylie. We're so happy that you could join us. Yes, yes. I couldn't miss it. Not not again, that's for sure. It's working surprisingly well. Um, The ladies say hello, welcome, and yay. We've got Rosie, we've got Callie, we've got Rona, we've got Susie, we've got Browncoat Polt here. Uh, You did miss a voicemail from Jean-Luc Picard, but we'll get that to you so that you can hear it. You know, we don't want you to miss all the way out on that. Um, We had just started talking about the scene where Simon immediately strikes out with Kaylee and we're like, you know, he can't read a room still. He clearly hasn't learned his lesson. Uh, We talked about how he's more comfortable talking about, you know, cadavers and medical stuff and cow fetuses than he is flirting. Uh, What was, what was your uh, thoughts on the scene where Simon is striking out? Um, I, that is definitely one of my first notes is a, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe Josh can tell me if I can pull up my notes at the same time. But um, the first thing that I put down was, oh my gosh, Simon, what's wrong with you? You just said she's the only girl in the world, and that might have sounded romantic in your mind, but it wasn't, so. <laughs> yeah. You, so you can yeah. pull up your I, notes? Yeah. You're just going to freeze okay. on your screen, that's all. So, okay. so make sure you have a, a nice smile before you freeze your screen. <laughs> uh, I have no issue pulling my notes up. 
I don't know what you put with my nose <laughs> Oh, that sounds... Oh, who is that? That's, uh... Is that Bullwinkle? That was really good. Yeah! Um, so, the next note that I had uh, takes place in this flashback scene, right? The Battle of Dukong. And I really appreciated the visual consistency between this flashback and the Battle of Serenity Valley that we saw in the pilot, right? It's got that 80s action look to it. It's like, it might be Terminator here for a couple of minutes. I'm really digging it. And then I wrote down, War Zoe is the essence of professional coolness. Like, I... I, it was really difficult for me to take notes on this scene because I had to just keep rewatching it for fun. I was like, I just want to watch Zoe be Zoe some more. This is great. What did you guys have for this scene? Kylie, let's have you go first. Um, I'm sorry. Which particular scene? The one, the uh, flashback Zoe, one? Yeah, yeah Zoe the, the just army cutting one. through guys like butter. <laughs> cool, yeah. No, um, that was definitely really interesting. Um. It, uh, it gave me the kind of impression that even though Mal was the leader, the captain or whatever, you know, sergeant or whatever they called him, um, she seemed to be much more control of her emotions and her logic. And, you know, she's talking about, oh, well, you know, you, you got to be calm, cool and collected, you know, and then here comes Mal. And she's like, ah! you know? <laughs> Come so, and get me! That was a lot of fun. That was definitely a fun, fun flashback. <laughs> That was one of my favorite uh, lines of Zoe's in this one. Um, first rule of battle, don't let them know where you are. Here I am. And then am. Mal just comes screaming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come and get me. We should put that Scorpion song in there right over his line. I think. <laughs> Rock you like uh, a hurricane? Yeah. Okay. Chip, did you have anything written down for the battle flashback? Um, <laughs> Kylie's gone. Uh, no, I didn't. Uh, I didn't write anything down, but like I, I do really like that scene. Like it really, it really shows you like that Malcolm's always been the leader. Like in both flashbacks, mm-hmm. like he's just totally had to circumvent the like chain of command to like get his people out alive. Like, Zoe, did you hear the mm-hmm. lieutenant give the order to meet up with the other squadron? I sure did. Yeah, me too. Like, and I don't know. And he takes the time to make sure that if that guy lives through this, he's not going to, like, get in trouble everybody, for having, everybody knows like, that gone catatonic in the middle of like, a battlefield. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was really cool of him to do that. I mean, very respectable of him to do that. And um, and yes, Callie D, when uh, when Captain Mal shows up blasting, uh, Zoe says there are other schools of thought when she's referring to how you how you survive in battle. Um, so the next thing I, I think I said I love that War Mal is just regular Mal. It's the same guy. That character is is that like you were saying? He's just it's the same charisma. It's the same dumb luck that gets him through everything, and he's he's aware of all of that stuff. Um, I, uh, the next scene that I wrote down is that Simon is starting to realize. Oh, sorry, Ricky D. I didn't mean to leave you out. Go ahead. No worries. Uh, I was wondering. We know Mal and. Zoe were together in the war. Uh, does anybody have any thoughts about what Wash might have been up to back during the war times? He was probably playing with dinosaurs. Yeah, I'm going to say maybe a little doobage. Um, that's my guess. He's he, Maybe he's in college. 
College. Doobage. <laughs> Doobage. Um, yes. Um, I think that maybe Wash was getting fired from his fry cook opportunity while that was happening. Um, does anybody remember him saying that that happened to him? Yeah, I remember. <laughs> uh, I actually have a fairly good canonical answer. Okay. Uh, he was doing Balinese shadow puppets. Shadow puppets. He was doing Balinese <laughs> shadow puppets as a form of entertainment. You That's why Mal said what he said today. Yeah, he says yeah. he mentions shadow puppets later on. And, yep. and uh, at two different points during the commentaries, they, Wash talks about how he was back there about during the war since he wasn't actually in the war. They wouldn't let him in. Uh, yeah, Wash was doing Balinese shadow puppets back when he was oh Laconic. Thank you, Callie. That's very cool. I love that. <laughs> that is wow. excellent. Um, so I wrote down that Simon is sort of starting to realize that he needs to modulate his personality, right? So they have the scene where they open up the crate, they see the dead guy, and Simon's like, hey, do you want me to cut him open? And they're like, dude. And he's like, oh, I mean, uh, if you need an autopsy, you know who, where I'm at, you know? It was like, <laughs> dude, you, you're realizing that maybe you shouldn't just always be 100% honest about everything, right? Like, Maybe that would help you in more than one way. Read um, the room, bro. And so that we get this, yeah, and, and we get this recording here for the first time, right? Where he's saying, "Hey, I just, I know that I'm relied on you guys for a long time. I got one more favor to ask. Can you get me back home? I think Mal and Zoe are. You guys are the ones to do it. Um, and you get the first part of that, uh, where they kind of tease the end of the episode by saying, "When you can't run anymore, you crawl." And when you can't do that, you know you know how the rest goes. And we don't get the rest of that until the end of the episode, which I really love. But the respect here shown for the captain and Zoe, even in this recording, is really touching. And then the way that everybody reacts to it is one of the few times that we get to see everybody on the same page with very little discussion, right? Everybody's very respectful. Wash just turns around. He's like, yep, we can get there. And Jane's like, yep, that's the right thing to do. Shepard's like, Even cool, Jane doesn't here. have anything dumb I'll to say. Uh, yeah. oh, speaking of Jane... <laughs> well, he does. He just... Ca- Jane can kind of read. That was an interesting... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was an interesting plot point. We did sort of skip over Jane's hat, but the, the scene with Jane's hat does explain to us that he does know how to read. Maybe he doesn't read, like, really quickly or super well... Um, like in a in a flowing manner, right? But he does read and he oh, can read. This hat? And his mother sent him... And we know that hat. his mother is still around, right? Because his mother, his mother sent him a, a note and how sweet is that? And if a man is willing to walk down a street in a hat like that, you know he's not afraid of anything. Go ahead, Chip. I think it looks kind of I funny. Just, I think it's really interesting that, like, you would never... I feel like you would never expect Jane to be such a mama's boy and to like he's out murdering mm. people across the verse and like he's still just getting correspondence packages right. from mommy like oh mommy sent me some cookies dope like I don't know I just <laughs> that's so funny well that was definitely yeah, one of I, the first things I noticed about the episode was oh my gosh this is the episode with the hat because I saw Ricky wearing it I've heard about the hat we never saw the hat until this time <laughs> Yeah like how this is so late and and even the Han Solo thing I feel like was super late 
Did, like did you, we see the Han Solo thing? Well, and uh, yeah, I did. There was a, Han, but, a very was it in this one? Yeah. There was a very prominent Han Solo in this episode. Yes. Um. So it takes. It's when Kylie is in her hammock. Sorry, it's when Kaylee is in her hammock in the engine room, which I love that she has a hammock in the engine room. But behind her on the wall, you can see Han Solo very clearly sticking his hands, face, and feet out of the carbonite. It's I just I love that she has a place to sleep in there, right? Of course she would. Um, oh yeah. And we have this Alliance guy show up, right? And he's immediately really mean to everyone. And we're like, Are you seriously going to light this old man on fire? And I I'll be a hundred percent honest with you. I didn't remember if he killed that guy or not. I was like, if he kills that guy, I am going to, like, really complain about it tonight. And so I'm very glad that he didn't kill that guy. But, man, he was he was rude. Um, what did you guys think of Mr. Alliance? We'll have you go first, Ricky D. Uh, well, first off, I want to say this is one of the few actors that has hit the Joss Whedon trifecta. He was in Buffy, Angel, and Firefly. So I think that's an interesting fact. This bad guy? Yeah, was? this bad guy. Uh, other than that, I thought he was pretty boring. Uh, he wasn't very cunning. He wasn't very anything. He just kind of walked in and started demanding the packages from the postman uh, when he was coming into the ship later on. Like, he just he walked into Mal's ship with two guys instead of, like, trying to have Mal come out and ambush him or something like that. He was just he was a very ineffective bad guy. Uh, Chip, what did you think of this guy? He served his purpose, but yeah, he's not, I don't think he's really meant to be, like, a super memorable bad guy. Like, he did his job, and then he dipped out, and it, and who knows, like, maybe there was a plan for him to come back and harass them later. Um, yeah, pretty cocky, just, like, walking in without any sort of, like, plan. He's just like... Well, I'm a cop, so yeah. he'll give me anything I want. All right. <laughs> I think honestly, like his ship was the threat, not him. Like, because it was the yeah. bombs on 100%. his ship that motivated everything, not him himself. And so I mean, that's yeah. What I wanted to say was I did that research. Jonathan Woodward was the one that was because he was the new guy, Tracy. Oh, Jonathan did I make Woodward that mistake? Was the one mm-hmm. that yeah, Garamit. <laughs> Thank you for correcting me. Yeah. Um, there was that. I mean, it was it was a team effort. Thank you, thank you, Rosie. <laughs> yeah. Everybody got there at the same time. Uh, Rosie also pointed out that we skipped over the part where, um, dude, we're skipping a lot of stuff. By the way, I just want you to know that there's a lot of stuff we're skipping over here. For instance, uh, we didn't talk about the translation of Kaylee's Chinese that she said to the doctor as she was leaving when he told her that she was the only woman in the in the whatever. She says, why don't you tell the cow about its beautiful eyes as she's walking away? <laughs> yeah. That's so yep. funny. Yep. Yeah, Sorry. I just, I just wanted to have to, I had to bring that up because yeah. I can't miss those again. <laughs> uh, as you were saying, Jesse... Uh, I would I, no, you're good. I was just saying. Um, I I think that <laughs> it's it's. I, I I'll be honest. I totally lost my train of thought. But Rosie was saying that we had we had skipped over the scene where um, Book offers Mal and Zoe help with carrying Tracy's coffin, right? And they go, mm-hmm. "Hey, don't worry, we got it, mm-hmm. right? Like this is our thing. 
even if we don't, if we haven't heard the recording yet, we're not sure what's going on. This is our problem. We'll deal with it. But thank you for offering. And then we get another scene with Book where he's standing in the cargo hold with the, the box that contains the coffin. And Jane is actually really respectful for at least like the uh, first half of this scene, right? Like he's he's talking to Shepard and he's like explaining, you know, no, it's okay to feel that way. It's normal. You're just trying to feel alive, all this stuff. And then um, he actually basically tells Jane to his face in this scene, I don't trust you. It's just that <laughs> him doing that gets interrupted by River kind of sleeping on a corpse. So he's he's like, oh, are you going to read me my rights, Shepard? And and he goes, oh, I believe you'll be around a lot longer than the rest. And, and then they get interrupted. So to me, that's Book going, dude, I don't trust you at all. Like, is, I feel like the first chance you get, you're going to sell all of us out. So don't even yeah. worry about it. What did you guys think of this scene? Josh. Um, I I mean, this this whole af- the aftermath of that monologue, because this because this scene is part of the I called it the aftermath of the sad boy speech because it was man I don't even know that dude but after he read his monologue I was like I was kind of like I don't know getting a little misty eyed I wasn't tearing up per se but you know just just how close he seemed to be with the captain and then the the reactions from Mal and Zoe um and and even from Kaylee, like they, they all their like reactions to this monologue that he was saying were so just I don't know poignant. And so this aftermath was a lot of the same, you know how they're kind of how everybody deals with death in their own way. Um, and you know Jane likes to lift weights. Um, Shepard likes to you know, pray for the person. Um, Kaylee likes to try and remember the people as much as she can, even though she doesn't know this guy, she's playing that recording over and over to like get to know him, to like understand who he was. Mm -hmm. Cause that's the kind of person she is. She wants to know who he was to carry that memory. Yeah. And like, and, and wash, even when, you know, he's all talking shit the, the whole time. And then, you know, he's like, I think we could probably do it in about two hours. As soon as the monologue is done, we could probably do it about two hours. And they're like, what are you talking about? He's like, get him to his home. Like, if I burn enough, we can we can get there soon enough. And, like, it was just so cool to see everyone band together for someone that they didn't know, per se, but that they knew their captain was close with. It's, like, it's that power of, like, when you lose someone and, like, Ugh, I'm getting emotional. <clears throat> And friends come together okay. around you and like support you for stuff. You know, it's it's it was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, ah, uh, sorry, sorry. I, I had a lot of that this last year, and it was kind of rough. So I just it really brought a lot of stuff back. You're good. So. Ah, but yeah, that you're, you're I, I really Josh. I really liked I really liked that whole thing. <laughs> Go ahead, Kylie. Uh, one of the things that I I noticed was that as well, somebody had mentioned um, that they didn't want Shepard to help carry the casket from what they thought at the time it was, um, and I'm kind of wondering if maybe that that was like a respect thing, like, oh hey, we served with this guy, we should be the ones who are carrying it, you know. Um, so if you put yourself in that those shoes, you know, you look at Shepard and he was obviously just trying to be a nice guy, trying to help out. It was heavy. He's a nice person. But, you know, would you, in that same situation, you know, do you think that you would really care about who carried your casket? Well, he, I mean, 
of course, we come to find out, right, that there are more than one motivation for him wanting those two to do that. Um, but I feel like if, you know, if at some point we were to lose Mal and Zoe was the only former soldier on the ship that she would like, she would sling that thing over her back herself. You know what I mean? Like she would not let anybody else assist with that. I don't think. And the thing about this character, Tracy is that he is like, he's shown to be a certain kind of helpless, right? Like he's not, he's yeah, he's not good at much, uh, but he needs, he needs those people around him. And they sort of emphasize that it's not that he's like a bad guy. It's just that he does not have very many tools to get, you know, ahead in life. Um, and to your point, Josh, like I'm, I don't want to like put you on the spot or anything, but um, oh, you're good. the thing that I love about this crew right here is that we have that kind of crew with us, right? Like when Josh is having not a great week or not a great, couple of months or had a really bad year we're all here to help carry him if he needs it you know he can lean on us when he needs to and we've all leaned on each other even in the making of just getting this show out to you guys so i i can understand why that was hitting you josh and i'll and trust me dude at the end of this episode i was definitely oh man and my wife timed her entrance really well so i can't even like i don't want to say the quote because it's it's my quote of the show because it was, you know, it was, and we already talked about it yeah. a little bit, but oh my God, like I ca- I kind of lost it when, uh, when they were talking about, you know, when you can't run, crawl, and when you can't crawl, find someone to carry you. Yep. Like, it was very, I don't know, it, it hit, it hit a little bit harder than I think it should have. Um, but yeah, it was, yeah. uh, it was a very, it was very touching for sure. Well, and they have they ha- so right after that, right? They have one of the, our our family at dinner scenes that we love, right? They're all sitting around the table, they're telling stories, everybody's smiling. I wrote down, I felt like you can see Inara sort of falling in love by the moment in this scene. She's watching Mal tell these stories, and you can see her just kind of being slowly overwhelmed, and the smile on her face gets bigger and bigger, and it just I love this moment, and um. I think I think my favorite part about it is that she's looking at him, you know, truly vulnerable and he's talking about like one of the most stressful times in his entire life and she's like, you know, man, I love this. This is great. I'm I'm really enjoying this. What does it matter podcast? A non-topical solution for your topical problems. Movies, pop culture, music, foul language, you got it. WDIMpodcast.blogspot.com. Also follow us on Twitter at WDIMpodcast. The fun never ends, and it's something real. Um, Saxon brings up that the quote has become a mantra for the brown coats, and I can see why it has, especially Absolutely. all of the brown coats here in the chat. I'd also like to say hello to Roy, the intrepid DM. Thank you for being with us. Um, and the the thing we decided, Roy, was that uh, they didn't want Shepard to help him because it wasn't his burden to bear. Um, so uh, if I could jump the in thing that. that I wrote here, 
I was going to say, the thing that I wrote next is kind of a jump. So if, if you guys have anything you'd like to cover, this is the time. Ricky, let's start with you. Well, uh, we're talking about how that coffin wasn't Shepard's burden to bear and all the different reasons that it was Zoe and Mal carrying it. But I think the quote, when you can't walk, you crawl, and when you can't crawl, you find someone to carry you, that's exactly why Mal and Zoe were carrying the coffin. I don't know if you quite hit on that right. point. I may have missed it. I've been doing a couple of things over here, but they were meant oh, to Oh, no, it was it. just saying they, yeah, and they tie it back. What I said, I think what I said was they tie it back towards the end of the episode, but you're right that that is, it's, the whole quote can actually be looked at as, like, sort of an explanation of the show scene by scene. Go ahead, Chip. Oh, when, like, whenever you were finished, I, uh, I just wanted to touch on, like, what you said about Inara and Mal, because uh, you kind of see that earlier, too, when they're at the space station, because, like, whenever they randomly, whenever they're, like, docked and they're off, like, doing their own things in, like, little groups, it's always those two in their little group. Like, I feel like the whole reason she's on the ship because she, like, has a thing for him from the very start and sees, like, the potential in him. Because, like, anybody that spends time with him sees, like, how he takes care of everybody around him. So, like... And it's very mm-hmm. much like this. It's kind, of, it's kind of parallel to uh, Kaylee and uh, the Doc. Like, if he would just like shut yeah. up sometimes, they'd be in like a lot better spot. But he just like <laughs> he just says that one or two sentences too many every time. And uh, but yeah, like I, their dynamic is fantastic. The whole the whole series. Yeah, and it's kind of the opposite of what. Mal does, right? Like, Mal always manages to put in one more line that disarms you completely. She's like, wait, you don't want me making money or you don't want me around other guys? And he's like, I don't want you to get hurt. And she's like, huh? Like, it's actually secret option number three. I'm a nice guy, right? Like, so um, I really like that that's opposite of Simon because every time Simon gets to the last line, he flubs it and uses the wrong thing. (laughs) So... Um, Kylie, is there anything you feel like we've skipped so far that you would really love to address? So when it comes to that, not with the, um, the story, um, I think you guys touched pretty good on that, but the one thing that I did notice about that scene and, um, just the trend throughout the show is that every single time that they seem to be sitting around that particular table, having good time, something hits the ship, (laughs) like it, it will yeah. not fail. This happened again this time. And I'm like, we can't have any fun. We're just going to get exploded if we ha- make jokes, you know? <laughs> I feel like that's intentional, too. Well, sure. You know, like, yes, I, but I... I feel like that would become, like, a long-running trope. Like, every time yeah. they sit down, something's going to fuck up. And it seems to... That seems to be the trend. <laughs> so that's what I noticed first. Um, but, yes, I, I think that I did also, to, to Chip's point... I always thought Inara was in love with Mal since day one. But again, I this particular oh, no. scene, and as you progress through the uh, season, uh, um, you can definitely see her falling more. What? Oh, no. 
She does. It is. Okay, so Josh, if or Kylie, if you catch up, I'm going to attempt to paraphrase what she just said. She's saying, yes, you can see it more and more in this scene. It feels like it's a through line from the beginning of the series when they first met. And she really uh, felt like it was reinforced in the flashback of the episode where Inara decides she is going to rent the shuttle and Mal is very excited about that. I think that's what Kylie was talking okay. about. You were just skipping, so, Kylie, just a um, little bit, like kind of, I don't know, go... Yeah, yeah, you're you're good now. I, it's it you're, you're better, deep yes. in the mountains, so it's amazing that you're even here right now. I- <laughs> the mines of Moria. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, a barn in the mountains, probably surrounded by deer and bears and. <laughs> Well, I cool. keep hearing weird stuff so she... here, um, but no, Jesse, the, what you just recapped is exactly what I was saying, so we're good. <laughs> awesome. That was cool. perfect. Um, it's very on theme for you to be like in a cabin in the West. That's very cool. I like that. Um, yeah. So we have this scene where they get contacted by this Alliance cop, right? And he's like, all right, let me on the ship. I need to do this. And he's like, hey, Wash, can you stall him? And Wash looks at him like, I can't do anything. What do you mean? And then, like, Shepard Book looks at Mal and he goes, don't worry. We'll keep him busy. I wrote, more like Shepard business. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. uh, I got Preacher with a plan. Preacher with a plan. I like that. <laughs> that one works. I-, I like that one, too. So, and then we get this... this uh, you know, Tracy is explaining what happened. There was this disruption in his plan at Ariel. And I was really hoping, and I kind of wish that they had made it so that the disruption caused by the crew on Ariel was the reason that he couldn't get this thing taken care of, right? Like it might add this other layer of responsibility to Mal and Zoe if they were like, oh, he was supposed to go to the hospital that we were busy shooting all the people at, but he didn't. So then he had to find a new plan. I just think that would have been, it felt really like easy. It felt like it was the right there, right? right? But um, yeah, yeah. but they, they just kind of left it dangling, which was, I don't know. It, it was just a little bit weird. Um, so I, I, this whole next piece of the show where Tracy and the crew are getting more and more desperate and eventually, you know, he goes crazy and grabs a gun. I didn't write any notes down for that whole thing because I was just like very like attached to the screen, right? Like I couldn't take my eyes off the screen because again, it's been like 10 years since I've watched the show all the way through. So if you guys have any notes from like this, the whole middle part of the episode before Tracy grabs that gun, this would be a great time to cover those. And I think we should start with Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. Uh, first off, did you guys notice that Wash got shot in the face? There was a scorch mark right well, on his I think... forehead, like where a bullet seemed to have been deflected off of his face. Yeah, I think he caught a ricochet or he caught like shrapnel from whatever the bullet hit. I don't think he got grazed by a bullet, personally. Yeah, uh, I can agree with that. We don't know what kind of weaponry they're working with. Oh, thank you. I appreciate your willingness <laughs> to acquiesce. Uh, but that was certainly, I thought that was kind of crazy that during all of that, Wash came out, came out of there with a scorch mark on his face. Uh, yeah, he was, he was definitely worse for wear. Uh, I also wanted to mention, uh, back in Out of Gas, remember that big red button they installed, uh, so they could call back both of the shuttles? Mm. This Mm -hmm. was the last episode that they filmed. Uh, so the 
crew was kind of pilfering different items from the ship, and Alan Tudyk took the big red button uh, dur during one of the last days of filming, and you couldn't... Uh, it is there in some of the scenes, and it's missing from some of the last scenes because he took it off of the ship. Took it off the set, I guess. Would you like to tell the listeners and viewers what he did with that button, Ricky D, or would you like me to do that? Uh, I think you need to do that, because I don't know. So, what he did was he gave it to Joss Whedon with a note that says something to the effect of, uh, when you get your miracle, press this button and we'll all come back. Oh. Or something along those lines. I think lines. I have heard that. Uh, so, it was, very, it was a very nice... Um, a touching moment from from uh, Alan Tudyk. Uh, yes, Rosie, we do. We get some excellent scenes of Wash flying the ship in this episode. Um, Josh, before you ask me why I'm not upset that there's a canyon chase in this episode, I'm going to tell you it's because it they specifically scanned the planet and Looking went, where is there a the canyon, canyon that we might be able yeah. to lose him in? It made right? more so sense like, in this show just... for a canyon chase. It wasn't yes. just like, <laughs> we're going to fly and then, oh, boom, canyon chase. It was like, how can we strategically lose the alliance? No, I wasn't actually even going to bring that up because it was a very well-placed canyon chasing. It wasn't like, you know, Falcon Thank and the you. Winter Soldier where they're like, ooh, canyon. Or, you know, like... <laughs> Chip looks confused. What if it was no, independent? He's, he's, he's would, mad that I brought up. I would argue that it's not a canyon chase. Like, Wash dives into this canyon and does all this fancy flying, and the dude literally right. just hovers above it, watching them fly. Like, oh, I forgot about that. Like, well, oh, it's man. still a, a canyon, which I love. Yeah. It's a canyon fly through. Yeah, they're still being I loved chased it because around it, the canyon. <laughs> Right, but they, they take that trope and then they mess with it, right? Because they're like, oh man, look at all his fancy flying. Look at how hard we he's working. Him. He's doing a great job. But um, <laughs> you can fly in three different directions. So, uh, <laughs> like, why is that? Yeah, yeah. No, so I just, I really hilarious. liked that. I love that yeah. moment. And then he's basically sending depth charges at them, right? Like, he's dropping these things that are like, where are you? I know you're down there somewhere. Um, I do want to say... Uh, Wash was probably the best part of this show for me. Aside from all the emotional stuff, Wash, like, had the best jokes in this episode. Like, this was the standout episode he for did. him. I mean, just the very beginning when he walks in on Simon and Kaylee and he's like, he's like, uh, he's like, oh, come gosh. <laughs> he's like, oh, that, look at that, something disgusting. And he's like, oh, and something in a jar. And he's like, do not fear me. Yeah, it's so, yeah, like a dumb joke. And he's like, he's like, do not fear me. Ours is a peaceful race and we, we must live in harmony. And then like him doing the uh, uh, freaking out about wanting to, or distracting the Alliance. And then this flying through the ship. His like, his scream at the end. And I, I love when men do the high-pitched scream. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I will rewind Home Alone over yes. and over and <laughs> over again <laughs> to watch uh, Harry get that... that <laughs> the spider. Or Marv get the spider put on his face and scream. Like, I will watch it ten times. And I did that in this one. I rewound it a couple times because yeah. it made me laugh so much. Where he's like, so ah! <laughs> are you are you talking about and I this is the part that was my favorite with Wash, but when they're all talking or whatever and Tracy comes in and everybody else knows that he's awake, 
but he's like he, he like lets out this ungodly high-pitched scream <laughs> like it's a zombie and I, I, I rewound that like there's been yeah. a lot of those like high-pitched screaming I, yeah. things in our life lately we had something I, I don't even know some show we were watching yesterday where the there was a high-pitched guy screaming and I just lost it I don't even know what it is about that but makes me giggle so uh Roy, the intrepid DM in the chat, is saying, I feel like a movie with Alan Tudyk and Sebastian Stan with no words, just facial expressions, would be the best movie ever. And it sounds like Shepard Rosie would sign off on that movie in a heartbeat. Ricky D from Bexflix with Ricky D, what can we do for you? Uh, I was actually, uh, because Josh was talking about all of Wash's funny moments, I wanted to bring up when Tracy walked in there, but they already kind of... Well, they're ruined really towards it. that moment, so you guys already covered it. I'm sorry. I I don't ever mean to ruin anyone's experience, oh. even if it means I have to edit the show a little bit. And the last thing he says is, uh, just the last thing that Wash says when they're flying is, that kind of flying yeah. really wakes a guy up. You should up. be awake. You know? <laughs> I, I, uh... <laughs> yeah, like, how are you not awake as oh, you're no, what's he screaming he said, awake we have this canyon right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It would appear that um, Roy has been given a name, Ron. Um, yes. I think it was an yes. autocorrect a couple of times, but now he has adopted it. So, um, yeah. you know what I'm going to do, Josh? If you wouldn't mind, if you could adjust... Can you adjust my nickname, Josh? Um, or is that not available um, I to you? can, yes. Oh, you're right. You're right. I'm if sorry. You could, I need to... If you're you can. absolutely right. I'm, no, it's okay. I'm sorry. I meant to do this... I just so long ago. No, no, it's okay. It's partially on me because I didn't introduce us with our new monikers, but mm. it's just that we had a <laughs> we had a poll. We put out a poll last week on Twitter about can you give yourself a nickname because Kylie had said I like Smiley Kylie, I like Wiley Kylie and I said you can't do that. And Shepard Saxon said I give her the nickname. So that's why she still gets to keep it cuz Shepard very graciously gave it to her. Um just a bit of a side note, this week on the Twist My Arm podcast, Josh and I sat down with Pixie from the Next on Stage 1 podcast, and Pixie gave us our very own stripper names. Her podcast is all about the adult entertainment industry, and I definitely recommend you check it out. Maybe not at work, but these are official <laughs> stripper names that were given to us. We did not pick them ourselves. If you would like to hear the stories behind them, you're just going to have to listen to the Twist My Arm podcast. Yeah, if you're a if you're a Pixar it didn't happen kind of person, don't worry. It's coming out here in the next few days. You can listen and uh we'll be able to prove it. <laughs> Captain Boot Scoot. I'm trying to read. So <laughs> like, it's, I I meant to use it in the introduction. I just I failed you guys. But it's okay. It's, it's okay. there now and there is proof that like I said, it's a real name. So so basically we're stuck in the bottom of this canyon, right? And we've got these depth charges going off and we're trying to figure out like, what do we do here? Like, what's the correct play? How do we make everybody get out of this? Okay, what do we do? And this whole time, Tracy is like, he's forming this relationship with Kaylee. And I'm, I'm not sure if this is going to go smoothly, but Kylie, if you could tell me how you felt about the scenes between Kaylee and Tracy... Um, I was definitely intrigued. That is something that I had in my notes was, uh, he was obviously hitting on her, obviously flirting with her and stuff like that. And my first thought was, hmm, what is, uh, Simon going to think about this? But interestingly enough, Simon 
you didn't even get to see what he thought about it. It all happened so quickly. And then he grabbed her and then he, you know, uh, all that stuff happened. So I think that if maybe he had been a good man, things would have um, gone along and maybe Kaylee might have fallen in love with him. And maybe he would have been part of the crew kind of thing. But he kind of messed it up. And that is a good point for Simon. <laughs> Go ahead, Chip. Yeah. I think Simon is the luckiest bitch in the verse in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, Tracy is laying game so flat, laying it yep. down so flat. Like, oh man, five more minutes uninterrupted and Kaylee would have had that itch scratched. Let me tell you. Simon <laughs> is a lucky, lucky man. What? Right? That Tracy was insane? <laughs> yep. Well, exactly, because you know, now he's, really, not, he's if, just the jackass. <laughs> if Tracy would have just like finished making a move right there, they would have been knocking boots. He wouldn't have gone to like hear half the plan and flipped out. So really, I, I guess it's Tracy's fault for not putting in that work. I don't know. <laughs> Go ahead, Ricky D. I'm going to do uh, this. Why did we have to hide the plan from Tracy, though? It seemed weird to me that they weren't letting Tracy in on all the information, they were basically trying to get him somewhere where they could extract his body parts, but they wouldn't let him in on you that. You know, I think he that's never, well, they, because he left the room. They told him to stay in the room with Kay Kaylee, and then well, he comes out and hears the back half of the plan. Okay. And then he flips out, and right. they don't have time to stop. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's that they were... firing at each other at that point. Yeah, I don't think they were necessarily trying to hide it from him. I think they were just talking about it and they kind of forgot that he wasn't in the room. And I mean, to be fair, Mal and Zoe are used to just making the plan, right? Like it kind of doesn't, I mean, yes, they all give their input, but Mal is generally loath to accept that input. But it, it, I mean, I think it was more of a circumstantial thing than it was like a, oh, let's make sure he doesn't know. Because at this point, right, Mal and Zoe still consider Tracy to be somebody that will follow orders and somebody that's at least semi-respectable. So they probably were like, okay, and then the next step is we'll just go tell Tracy about it and I'm sure he'll be fine. Or yes, Shepard Rosie, it could have been a need-to-know basis kind of thing. Because if you have learned anything from your time watching Star Trek, as I know you all have been watching a ton of it, it's that the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. So in this case, Tracy would be the few or the one and the crew would be the many. And beyond that, they're our family. Okay, so we're not, I'm not beholden to anything about Tracy because Tracy's not part of the family. So I, I just... I it's so weird, right? Because you go from really rooting for this character and thinking, okay, this guy could be like pretty good. You know, he could be an all right guy. It's not that he did anything evil. It's just that he's kind of like Jane. He's trying to be motivated by money and self-interest. And, you know, that's not always a bad thing. But then he pretty much just does the bad things. So the character takes all this wonderful development, all this time with Kaylee, and he just garbages it right like he's like okay i'm done with this i'm gonna try and hold this entire ship hostage and it i don't know for, for me i don't know about you guys but for me i feel like the tension here was a little higher than it was with um saffron uh because there was more of a like desperation i felt 
and like more of a chance for our family to be manipulated because of their tie with this character. Josh, what did you think of this scene when Tracy finally like grabs his gun and he's like, okay, here's what it's going to, here's how we're going to do this. I was really upset because he tricked me. He tricked me into feeling emotions for him. Josh is not so easily tricked. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Well, I, okay. So can I, I'm going to be really honest here. So here's what happened when I, when I booted up Firefly today. Um, Kylie watched this yesterday. Okay. So when I booted up Firefly today, I went and hit play on my Hulu and it started right when dude was on the walkway shot and like giving his little speech. And I was like, huh? Ooh, uh, oh, pause. no. I'm sorry. And no, no, it's Hulu, fine because man, it does that. I hate yeah. it. It's, it's fine because I completely forgot about it. I didn't even mm. like put it together. Like I was so enthralled with everything else in this episode and just like, focused on everything else that when he grabbed the gun i that was probably when it was wiped from my memory that i had seen him already dying you know Hmm. so it was it was a really intense scene basically and uh i don't know i I liked it I, i liked i liked i liked the fact that he made me upset that i felt bad for him you know what i mean the actor did a good job with the role yeah i call that effective writing yeah very well done yeah he did he because you know like i mean he's established as helpless and but he still commands the screen when he's on it he's got some charisma which i feel like definitely is like a copycat of mal's charisma like this guy doesn't have that confidence right he's just seen mal be so cool and calm and collected so many times that he knows how to play it in front of yeah he's playing it for the pretty girl like um the most offensive thing that he did was mess with kaylee's emotions for me like go ahead and shoot at wash go ahead and shoot at zoe shoot at mal be a jerk like be selfish whatever you want to do please don't mess with kaylee's heart i don't appreciate that like she's she has enough on her plate okay she's got to keep this thing in the air she's living basically in the engine room at all times i just i could not remember how angry i got with this guy about that and then he's just dragging her around like nothing and she even then she's like okay i'm i'm immediately over you but like what even is happening and i was just (laughs) i appreciated that she was so confident and strong for most of the episode and then she still gets kind of pushed around and they you know i understand why they had to do it but like that was for me that was the most offensive thing that this character did because i was like man i hate you you don't mess with if you're gonna mess with one person on this ship it better not be her pick any of the other crew and mess with them i just i really hated that um so we have this they kind of hatch this little plan there's a, a mini you know standoff where they're like look dude you're stuck we've got all the guns you've got you've already been shot he's got kaylee hostage they're on the walkway and you know, you get this really, really powerful scene where Mal is explaining to him, like, look, dude, every step you take, you are digging yourself a little bit further down into this grave. Like, I am not, I'm not, I don't want to do this, but I will do this if you make me do this. And if you listen to reason, I think we can come to an agreement about this, you know, but it's like, 
He doesn't want to hear that because he's desperate. He's like, I got to get out of here. I got to get my money. I got to get, you know, you know, and maybe it was that he wanted to build a life for his family and everything. But it was just like the scene with Mal having to explain to him, like, look, I'm not doing this because I want to. I'm doing this because I have to. I just I really, really, really like that scene. Before we get to the end of the episode, let's do another note check. If you guys feel like I've skipped over anything that you really want to talk about, now would definitely be the time to bring that up. So let's start with Josh this time. We never talked about um, what they, I mean, we kind of touched on it. We never really talked about uh, what Mal told Tracy in the the war, did we? where he was saying that the trick is to die of old age before you get killed. He had this whole speech to him about, right. um, you know, someone's yep. carrying around a bullet for you. You just, you never know when. So you, the trick is to die of old age before it finds you. And yeah. And who, what a cool version yeah. of the Chekhov's gun, right? Like it's a Chekhov's gun that you literally never see. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I love it. Um, and so being, you know, I know we're kind of teetering on the end of the episode, but being the person that shoots him, I loved what Mal said to him at that end part because it just wrapped around that, that whole scene of them Mm -hmm. being in the army and like, you know, he says, uh, what does he say? Uh, oh my goodness. Uh, I didn't murder you. You murdered yourself. I just just carried carried the the bullet bullet for a while. while. Yeah, yeah, and I just have damn dot dot dot. <laughs> yeah, that's good. It was it was a really good callback for for that whole war scene, and and you know like, even there, I don't know that whole war scene was was great to me. I'm sorry to go back to it. I just kind of I don't know. I don't I don't think we touched on it enough. Did no, we no. Talk about the You're beans good. because the beans made me laugh a little bit. Yeah. When he was. You know, when, he, when he's like, you ain't dead yet? Ah, oh, dang, I really wanted those beans. Right. Hey, did you die yet? I was just saying, like, truly in war, I mean, I've never been in it, but he was probably so hungry that he really needed those beans. That's That right. was always my first thought when it comes to the front lines of war is like, when do you find time to eat? <laughs> right. And then, Chip, what did you say? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, if Zoe wasn't there, he would have been dead for sure. Um sorry. No, I just I did um want to thank you guys for being patient with me through my cuz it's the Easter weekend and I wanted to make sure to do both. I do have to sign off here pretty soon, so I was hoping maybe I could do my Simon Says. Yeah, if you're listening to the podcast version of this, this will sound weird, but let's have Kylie give her selection for Simon Says. And then, Kylie, if you could text Josh your rating, we'll save that for the segment. That's all right. Sounds yep. great. Perfect. Yep. Sounds good. Yep. Um, and I didn't, obviously, this this episode was chock full of some really, really good quotes. Um, I'm sure we touched on most of them, and I'm going to let you guys have those um, really meaningful ones. But in the meantime, I did want to just touch base on a couple of quotes. I actually have three this week um, that I thought oh, were kind of cute from the episode. I know. Whoa. I'm so bad at Simon Says, and now I'm three <laughs> this week. Um, it's going to take all of ours. No, no. They're, they're all, like, really small, tiny ones. Um, but the okay. first one was when, um, after Simon kind of screwed it up with Kaylee, River 
comes out and she says, you're oh. such a boob. I thought yes. that was cute. Because <laughs> even yes. she knows he's an idiot. <laughs> what a sister thing to um, say, And then too. the other one, um, this one was actually by Jane. And it was, but this one was actually by Jane when Shepard was praying over, the, you know, quote unquote body. Um, he said, the Lord should ought to look after the dead. And I thought that that was cute, first of all, how he said it, because the Lord should ought to. Um, but then I just <laughs> thought that was pretty profound for Jane, you know? <laughs> and then finally, the at the very end, after our um, guy who's a bad guy and we didn't think he was did a good job, I can't remember his name, um, but Crazy. basically his plans are foiled, he spits on the ground, he walks away, and then he looks to Jane and he says, an idiot. And I thought that was cute too. Oh, That's my last Yes, the, the Alliance guy. He, Yeah, because <laughs> we didn't talk, guy, yeah. so... Yeah, there's there's the part in the very beginning where he's uh, Wash looks at Jane and he's like, "Man walks down the street in that hat, people know he's not afraid of anything." And then at the very <laughs> end, that guy goes like, "You look like an idiot yeah. in that hat." <laughs> Thought he looked cunning. Well, Kylie, <laughs> yeah, like I I think those are all so. those are all excellent choices for Simon says. And I just want to say on behalf of everybody watching and listening and everybody here on the crew, thank you for making the effort to come see us tonight with your your long distance wave that you have sent us. We are so happy that you were able to join us. And we're yes. glad you didn't miss another episode because trust me, these ladies were upset when you were not here. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, no, definitely. It will always make an, an appearance. I'm sorry if the if it was a little wonky today, um, but next week will be normal. Yeah, and t- tell tell mom I said hi. Well, thank you for that, and I will <laughs> message you guys my um, my shiny rating. Yes, yes, thank you. All right, cool. All right, bye have guys. Fun. Have fun. Bye. So before we go anywhere else, I just want to get out really quickly. Shepherd Rosie had pointed out that Mal was making it a point to protect his family in this episode, right? And I think for me, the interesting part about that is that Tracy really feels in this episode like a character that assumes he's part of the family and is not part of the family, right? He's like, well, I'm a war buddy too. Uh, I should be welcome on this ship. I can just ask for as many favors as I want. They should be behind me 100%. They won't ask me any questions. Like, I really got that feeling of somebody who's like, they know him, but he thinks that they're better friends than they are. You know what I mean? And it's, it's. I mean, sure, there's the respect and the honor and everything that they have for him and of having served with him. But he definitely felt like, okay, this is my new house. I'm going to take this room. Um, it, it just, I did not like him. He felt like he was somebody who thought they were part of the family, but was not part of the family. So I'm glad that you brought that up, Shepard Rosie, and I'm glad that I remembered to bring that up before we got lost on our next point. Ricky D, did you have something to say? Yeah, I wanted to just follow up one of the things that Kylie was mentioning, and something that Callie is uh, talking about in the chat, was that problematic food that River was eating. I believe they called it an ice planet. It was like dangling on a string. It was like ice cream on a string or something like that. And at one point, River wanders in front of the camera and goes, this food is problematic. And then later on, Mm -hmm. at that point where she calls uh, Simon a boob, just like Kylie said, she actually has two of them when she wanders past the camera and calls him a boob. At that point, she's holding two of these problematic foods. And I thought that was just (laughs) hilarious and adorable and perfect. 
And it's like the uh, evolution of the corn dog from the fair, right? Like, yeah. uh, what do we put the food on? Let's call it a stick. No, a stick and a string. Okay, I'd make it really difficult to eat. Okay, uh, snow cone, but like frozen solid. <laughs> like, put I'm, frosting I'm, on I'm, it. I don't want to eat an ice planet. Yeah, I don't. I don't want that. Callie wants an ice planet. Callie, you're the only one here with access to Svartsvalda Kirschtorta. Why would you want <laughs> an ice planet? That was not as good as the last two times, you guys. I'm sorry. Um, and yes, also Jane saying, brain the size of a planet, but can't handle her food. I love that. And he he's like, he actually explicitly, to your point, Kelly, he explicitly says, we got a girl here that can read minds, but she can't handle her food. And that, to I think, is something that um, Ricky or Jake may have mentioned in our previous episode where... Um, River on the Ariel episode, River is saying Christmas and you know toys and you know this that and the other thing, and they were saying I think he's she's getting in his head. Oh, Josh, that was you. You were saying I think River is getting in Jane's head, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and this is you get an ex- an explicit admittal of that because he's the one that says she reads minds, so that's him saying she read my mind, right? Interesting. I do love Schwarzwalder Kirschtorte, but still Ice Planet. <laughs> <laughs> well. Okay, Callie, you can have whatever dessert you want because you are a shepherd of shine. So I'm not going to give you any restrictions whatsoever. Um, before we get to the quote, right, like the end of the episode with the quote, uh, we did have this scene. It's it's not really a standoff with this Alliance cop. It's more of like we're going to go explain to this Alliance cop that he doesn't have any leverage here. And... Um, so they're all pointing their guns at him, right? And he walks through the doors kind of like a wuss and he puts his gun in front of him and then he has these two guys with him because he's, you know, a jerk. And um, more like shepherd balls, am I right? He just walks out and he's like, here's how it's going to be. Yeah, he uh, he was pretty awesome. Uh, I, I wrote down, um, so Shepard is a member of the Alliance because I initially thought that he was going to come out and be like, Listen, mofo, here's my ID. You guys need to turn around right now and go away. I'm still waiting for something crazy to happen with Shepard. I don't know if it's going to, but I'm still waiting for him to come out and give us his true identity. He just seems to have this, like, amazing perspective of what everybody wants, what everybody needs, what everybody can't have, and Mm -hmm. how he's going to put them in the correct position to get what he needs. Well, but I also think he has a lot of experience in the realm of the Alliance. Yeah, and that's how he figured all that out. Yeah, because he looks at that dude's pins and he's like, your pins are from such and such planet when you do this. And like, I know for a fact that you're eight sectors out of your jurisdiction. And like, he just, he went, I don't know, he he went crazy about it. So I just automatically assumed that he's going to have something to do with the Alliance. Sorry, Chip, what what did you have? (laughs) No, no, I... Like I, I agree with your points. I feel like uh, I feel like this, like that, like that's really good insight. Like him being able to recognize like what planet the dude went to school because of the bars, uh, coupled with like the previous episode when he had to like show his credentials to like get some medical help. I right. I really I think that he's like a retired general. Or admiral, like I think he was right. real high up, dude. I think he's responsible for putting a lot of bodies in the ground, and so he's trying to live a more spiritual life, and he becomes a shepherd. I feel like that dude 
buried a ton of people and may even have been like in charge of Persephone, but we didn't get enough episodes deep to like have that. And I'm glad you're not spoiling me for anything on that because there's obviously still time (laughs) for that to come out or something. But like that's, that's exactly what I assume too, is that he is just, I don't know. He's, he's just up there And, and I'm, Cutting Ricky off too. I know. I'm, I'm no. I'm just saying you got two episodes and a movie left to flesh okay. out the storyline. Hang line. on. Oh. Kylie and I have been arguing <laughs> about, about it. Kylie and I have been arguing about this for weeks. The movie we watched at the beginning of this show, Serenity, is is not a movie. It's not a movie. It's just the pilot. It, it's very long. It's not a movie. Okay. Go ahead. So there is a real. <laughs> what What is the movie called? Serenity. Serenity. Why? And is the <laughs> so that's, pilot that's not your fault. called Serenity? Because it was the battle for Serenity. Because because that's the name of the episode. Well, it's just an extra long pilot episode, but it's still just an episode. Because the ship is named Serenity. <laughs> it's not your fault, Josh, and you're pointing out a fair thing, right? And that's so. Actually, if you follow us on Twitter at Sudden you've seen me actually refer to the fact that josh is pretty sure that he's seen a movie called serenity <laughs> and everybody's like wouldn't wouldn't that mess up like your watching order and i was like no he hasn't he just thinks that he has <laughs> and it's not his fault it's because they have similar runtimes and the same name and everything was gone out of order and so, so now my, my next question like, is i don't think serenity the movie is on hulu uh that's fine i'll We'll take um, care of that for you. It's we have multiple <laughs> Josh, we have multiple copies of it that we will Yeah, don't worry. We're good. I, I would well, so, I'm just wondering, um, should I purchase it because I would be down to purchase this. Life movie. uh uh Well, we'll we'll away. purchase it. We'll purchase it for you and and um here's the thing. Let's not let's not get all the way into this, right? Okay? But as Ricky D pointed out, there are two episodes and a movie left for the Firefly um televised universe shall we say there are books there are board games there's a lot of canonical stuff still associated with firefly that we need to cover after this show is over but right now it feels like the way that we're going to do this is we're going to take a break we're going to start season two of sudden but inevitable with a different show and then periodically we will drop episodes about the firefly verse to tie everything back to our wonderful origins with all you beautiful brown coats here so, just keep that in mind as we move forward, but Ricky D was not incorrect to note that we have two episodes and a movie left of Firefly. If you guys want to cry on camera or uh, just, you know, Check. start dying right now, that's totally good. Uh, <laughs> so, I don't have any other episode notes, so if you guys have any other episode notes that you really want to make sure that we cover before we go anywhere i'm going to start with ricky d and then we'll go chip and then we'll go josh all right one of the most important things to note about this episode is this this is the last episode that they filmed uh and it was a little bit symbolic for the entire crew that this funeral that they were filming which was essentially the final scene that they filmed they did have to come back for a couple of pickups a couple of those kind of things but the last scene that everybody filmed together was this funeral. So when you look at this funeral for the uh, character Tracy, really what everybody felt like it was uh, was a funeral for the show. So mm-hmm. I'm sure the brown coats in the chat are all very familiar with this. 
uh, that's what this episode really was symbolic of, was the show dying an early death. And um, to your point, Shepard Saxon, we will be watching Done the Impossible. There will be commentary on that um, probably before we get to, uh, sorry, after we watch the movie. We, we have to watch the movie before we watch the documentary, unfortunately, um, for spoiler reasons. So, um, but we are going to cover it, I promise. Don't I worry. I actually didn't know um, there was a documentary. Ricky, did you have any other notes? Uh, oh, yeah. So, Shepard Rosie and Shepard Saxon are actually in the documentary. They won a contest to be extras in the movie. So, uh, Ricky D, did you have any other notes to cover before we move to Chip? I just wanted to say I was using the word funeral. Uh, apparently, I guess it was a wake. I guess. Yeah. The difference yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, it was a. S- Durr. It was a celebration of life. Yeah, celebration Obviously. of life. Yeah. So, pardon me, but <laughs> I don't think so. Other than that. All right, go ahead, Chip. Um, I have no further comments. I feel like I uh, got everything out that I had theories and insights on. So, yeah. Sounds good. Josh, did you have any other notes? Oh, actually, really quickly, Josh, Callie, yes, we did sort of talk a little bit about um, Tracy waking up on the table. Um, We didn't really talk about how he tried to fight Simon naked. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, But from there, I mean, it's it's probably, what, the third or fourth uh, death fake out that we've had in the series (laughs) at this point, right? Like, (laughs) Yeah, it's getting a little... (laughs) I don't know how many more times... Oh, sorry, not a contest. They were... Yes, uh, sorry, uh, not a contest. Saxon is clarifying they were invited by Chris Buchanan. My apologies, Shepard. Um, Josh, did you have any other notes that you wanted to get to before we do our segments this week? Um, yes, the term lip ferret is something I have never heard before, and I really enjoyed the term lip ferret for a dirty mustache. That whole... Like, the way they set that scene up and, like, made you picture it yeah. all was just yeah. absolutely Great big sure. thing, waxy. <laughs> yeah. It really, really went into describing... Walrusy. <laughs> Walrusy, yes, yes. Um, and I had... Gosh. Oh, when the Alliance is, like, bombing the outside of whatever they're, like, looking for Serenity... Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. River says, I'm counting the seconds between the lightning and the thunder to see if it's going away or getting closer. I really thought that was a fun, just a fun thing that, you know, kind of proves that she yeah. doesn't, she might have a little bit more of an idea of what's happening than she leads on, you know? Just like when she yeah, was, I, because it was still applicable. Right. And when she was over the coffin, I kind of think that she knew he was alive at that point. That when she wrapped her arms around the coffin, she had some sort of mental connection there and knew that he wasn't completely dead. Um, and so I like that. I like. And these... what did she say? She said something like, "Very peaceful." Yes. Right. So she's not like being. She's not being bombarded with that person's thoughts. She's like, "I'm comfortable here." Right. And she's been in that place. She's been unconscious for a week. Well, maybe not a week, but she's been under the influence of that Yeah, because they used that, that stuff the, to hide her in the box at the very beginning, right? 
So yeah, that so she's kind of well, got that little bit of a connection with that guy, and I don't know. I like all these bread com- crumbs that these the showrunners are leaving out to kind of give you the idea that she's got powers, you know, and that she's kind of going to be some sort of badass. Yeah, possibly yeah. Could melt someone's. And I, I feel like that would <laughs> set up a ton of seasons just with her story alone. You could go off on like. You know, this next season would be her learning her powers. And then the season after that is her being the enemy. And then the season after that is her coming back to reality and joining the crew again. Like, there's so much they could have done with her character that missed opportunity. Yeah. What if we were getting 14 spinoffs of Firefly instead of 14 spinoffs <laughs> of Star Wars? I would be... How great would that be? I would be super down, but I'm sure I would have the same problem with it where I'm like, they're going to oversaturate this and break it, and it's not going to be good. Yeah, I feel like one um, is probably good. Yeah. I mean, and even I'm with at. Star so, Wars, I feel like one, The Mandalorian, is probably okay. I- I'm alright with the cartoons and stuff coming out, because kids gotta have their cartoons for Star Wars, but as far as, like, all these extra shows that are coming out, it is definitely a little bit of oversaturation, and I would feel the same way for Firefly. Don't don't get mistaken, Ricky. Yeah. I-, I still have I-, I still have critical thought when it comes to <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> so, with that, let's go ahead and move into our first weekly segment. I have, I, you guys, I'm sorry, I love doing weekly segments so much. I have the dumbest smile on my face every time we get here. But our first weekly segment this week is Simon Says. Simon Says, of course, is where we share our favorite quotes from the episode, even if they were not uttered by Dr. Simon Tam. Normally, I would recuse myself and go last here, and I'm still going to do that, but I have a feeling that there's kind of one overpowering quote of this episode, and I'm not going to disqualify it. I'm just going to say, whoever gets to it first gets to it first. Nobody has to feel bad, and nobody has to feel like your quote was taken. But since chip from the marvel canon madness podcast is our guest let's go ahead and have chip go first then we'll do ricky and then we'll do josh chip what is your favorite quote from this week's episode i am a sucker for a callback i just i i love that quote towards the end where he says no you murdered yourself i just carried the bullet for a spell yeah i really love that scene yeah and he and the way that the thing that I love the most about it is that Mal didn't really hesitate, right? Like he immediately was like, "This is my narrative of this kid, and I remember exactly what I told him the last time he was in one of these situations, right? Like, oh, I really, really appreciate that, Callie. That was oh, I see what you're saying. This, okay, all right. I thought you were being mean for a second. I was like, dang, that's harsh. She's saying, I appreciate the smile every time. I thought she was saying, your face is always dumb. I was so confusing. Um, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that, ladies. Callie and Rona are the best. Um, but anyways, yeah, that's Mal's running narrative of Tracy in his head is that this kid needs guidance. The last time I saw him, I gave him this piece of guidance. Now he's in this place, so I can just very easily tie this right back into what I told him. And he'll understand. And to Mal's credit, the kid does understand, right? Like, he gets that Mal is only doing this because he has to and because he's protecting his family, as Shepard Rosie was saying earlier. That's an excellent choice 
choice um, for Simon Says This Week, Chip. I credit you for that. That's a good one. Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. What is your choice for Simon Says This Week? All right. I'm also going for a little deeper cut. I'm not going to pick that one that we're all thinking about. Uh, so shortly after... Uh, Shortly after Kaylee and Simon were on their little date in the pig fetus tent, Kaylee is going back to Inara, and she's kind of cuddled up on Inara's lap, lamenting the ways of men, and Inara goes, So, do aliens live among us? And Kaylee goes, Yeah, one of them's a doctor. I loved it, because it really, it does illustrate that Simon is just bad at being a person. Right? Like, he's not good at the human side of being a human. He can, like, he understands all the inner workings of everything. He could take you apart and put you back together real nice. He could sew your ear back onto your head as long as there's a head. But he cannot hold a conversation to save his life. And if conversation is, like, the only way for him to achieve the next step in a relationship, then Simon is unfortunately pretty SOL in that situation, which I think this is, that was a perfect way for her to describe that. And that's an excellent pick, Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. Did we leave it for Josh? Josh, Jedi Madison, it is your turn to make a selection for Simon Says. Can you get through it? All right. I'm not going to do the quote that everybody says I'm going to do and freak out, okay? No. um, So we talked about that quote earlier. And I want to go deeper into what what he was saying. The quote, when you can't run, crawl. When you can't crawl, find someone to carry you. Yes, that is an amazing quote. Um, but one thing that, that cuts deeper with this whole episode and makes it much more believable for this character and much more like kind of uh, relatable, especially for a, a lot of people that go through a lot of hard times uh, coming out of the military or retiring from being in a career for so long or just, you know, being being so used to something for so long and then especially people that like maybe go to prison or something and then come in and, and get released and they have no idea what's going on. Um, the one thing that he said, and it's a very small quote, but it hit me really hard considering some of the things that happened this last year. Um, but he said, it's the real world. I couldn't survive. And that line mm. is kind of huge for a lot of different people that are going through hard times, especially when, like I said, when you're going through such a huge lifestyle change or something or, or just, you know, the hardest time of your life and, and you just can't survive it. Like I, that one hit me like a truck when I heard that line. So I wanted to bring that up on top of, you know, the main quote for this, for the show, but go on, Jesse. The other thing about it is that he's talking about how, you know, it's not like war was easy, but I knew what I was supposed to do. And all I had to do was follow orders. And it was, you know, here's a clear starting point. Here's a clear stopping point. I can get through the day doing that. And I took that as like, here's your metaphor for work, right? Mm-hmm. Like work is the is the hard part of your day, right? But it's also kind of the part of your day that you can do with your eyes closed because you know what you're there to do. You have a certain set of tasks. You have a certain amount of time to do it in. You know what needs to be done. You have all the tools to do it. All you have to do is show up and execute. But the hard part of your day is shifting out of that gear and going back to your family 
and remembering, hey, you're not at work anymore. This isn't a list of tasks to complete. These are a group of people that you need to be open and honest and vulnerable with, and you need to be around them. You need to be spending time with them, and you got to be honest with how you feel because this isn't work. This is the part of your life that will make your life worth it. Work is how you maintain enough to keep this part of your life accessible. Well, and even people that are in music um, that that play music for so long and then retire from that. I look, I am no professional musician by any means, but I had a lot of really awesome experiences as a musician going on tours, playing in front of sold out shows, just doing a ton of fun stuff in a band when I was young, that that's all that I knew as far as like being successful. Mm -hmm. And so getting into my like early twenties and stuff and, and getting out of that scene was was kind of a shell shock and and again it's it's very relatable to to um tracy here you know like i mean getting out of high school think mm-hmm. of like you know the you leave high school and, and and it's the real world and like how hard is it to survive that that real world you know it's it was really really poignant for for a lot of different reasons and um that's I wanted to, to pick that just not not for it's obviously not a good line per se it's one of the more depressing lines of of the show but it's definitely one of the more relatable lines for a lot of people and the thing that I love about it is that it like you were saying it's so relatable and for me the last piece of relatability for this is uh you guys you know the the sudden but inevitable rewatch it's ricky d it's josh it's kylie it's whoever happens to be sitting in our guest seat and it's all of our shepherds of shine callie rosie it's rona it's saxon it's polt it's roy it's everybody that's in our orbit you guys are the part of this right that makes that makes me be able to deal with the other part of it like reality i can handle because i know that at the end of it i'm gonna get at least a solid hour and a half maybe two hours at the end of the week with you guys to just put reality aside and share our love of space westerns (laughs) and sci-fi and well-written one-liners and just cowboys that know how to sound cool so josh i think that might be my favorite pick of yours for simon says ever okay (laughs) and since since everybody got there i am gonna just say it once all the way through uninterrupted when you can't run you crawl and when you can't do that you find somebody to carry you if our show was ever stumbling and crawling and trust me it has happened it may not show up on the screen it may not show up in the audio version of the podcast but a lot more goes into this than just a quick text on Friday night and then a video call. And we have stumbled before. We've had trouble crawling sometimes, but we haven't ever stopped because we have each other carrying each other. And we have all you people here watching and listening with us carrying us. So we we are just, we're very happy to be part of this circle and I hope that we have never felt like Tracy in that we're a family member who thinks that we're too close, okay? Because to me, you guys are all family. Everybody on the screen and in the chat right now, you guys are family. And I think you could argue that Firefly as a series is about found family and how 
that can be just as important to you as real family. So with that, I am going to say there's one other thing about this episode that it really hits me, but it doesn't hit me in my heart. It hits me in my eyes and I squint because it's so shiny, Ricky D. How shiny is it? I would love to tell you, but that would be rude. So what I'm going to do instead is I'm going to invite Chip from the Marvel Canon Madness podcast to give us his rating out of 10. Then we'll go Ricky D. Then we'll go Josh. Then we'll go Kylie. And then I will go last. So go ahead, Chip. What do you give this out of 10 this week? Oh, man. So there's only two ratings for Firefly episodes. It's a 9 or a 10. Um, (laughs) And I would say that this one didn't disappoint me in any way. So we're going to go ahead and give it a big old 10. (laughs) That's awesome. I love it. (laughs) Solid logic. (laughs) Ricky D. Ricky D, what do we got from you this week, my friend? Uh, Well... Because of everything that this episode meant to the entire Browncoat family, this is my favorite episode. No question there. Uh, I think I'm probably going to have to give it a seven and a half. Uh, it was a little light on a couple of things that I'm looking for out of the Firefly universe, but like the Bedwetter Behead podcast said, like Jeremy just said, or Chip, Jeremy, either way, Jeremy, yep, Chip, are you the same people? <laughs> Okay, you're the same person. We uh, we share this headspace. It's fine. <laughs> okay, like you guys said, there's really it's hard to give a low score, even if it's not doesn't have all your favorite stuff. It's still got everything that Firefly needs. So I'm going seven point five. Josh, did you get an answer from Kylie? If you I didn't, did. go ahead. If you did, give hers and then give yours. I did. Uh, she says nine shiny rating for me. Episode was tons of fun, emotional, and hilarious. So she gives it a nine. And I give it a 9.5. Because, and you know, again, just the headspace that I'm in, just this whole last year and everything that has gone on over, I mean, it's actually been kind of, it's like been two years now. It's, It's just like, just everything that has happened in my life over the last few years uh, kind of came to a halt in this episode, you know, like it was just, and it wasn't perfect, I guess, per se. You know what? Now, fuck that. I'm going to give this episode a 10. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Sorry. Sorry. Strong negotiator. (laughs) Talked himself into it. Josh is a strong negotiator. (laughs) Yeah. That's all. That's all. I'm not even going to say anything else. I'm, I'm done. Okay. Sorry, I just had to change the math really quick. Uh, Josh, I really appreciate your honesty and vulnerability tonight, especially with your your scoring. I can tell that your uh, score may not be subjective, uh, rather objective, but I'm totally here for that. That's why we're here. We want to know how this show makes you feel as a first-time viewer and what it does to you and how it you know, imprints itself on your life. So thank you so much for sharing that all with us. And I know you just made everybody in the chat very happy. (laughs) Um, And I, to continue to share the wealth, I have to point out both uh, Browncoat, Polt and uh, Rona and Callie 
all love and are constantly waiting for Ricky D's favorite episode every week. So I really <laughs> love that about you guys. Thank you. And I wanted to make uh, sure... It's not my fault every episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's not my fault every episode is my favorite. I just wanted to... Uh, that has entirely to do with the creators. I wanted you to know that they all appreciate that as much as we I should love hang that segment out was made on uh, a whim. <laughs> for me, I, I gave this episode... Uh, initially, I gave it uh, an eight... Um, because it's it's a lot of character building. There's some world building in it, which you guys know I'm, I'm huge on that. And I really like the way that they did it subtly. I have some issues with like just the face of the Alliance cop is like so many bad guys in this series are so generic. And it's like, I get why you're doing it. It's just at some point, like, give me another memorable bad guy. Go ahead, Ricky D. His lackey was named Skunk. <laughs> like that is some generic bad guy right. garbage. Yeah, it gets it Let gets him on fire, it gets real skunk. basic. Come on. <laughs> and I, you know, the character wasn't written poorly or anything. It's just like the the guy was for me. He was just he was a little bit bland. I guess I I don't really know how else to put that. But um, if we put all those scores together and then divide them by how many scores there are. That means that the sudden but inevitable rewatch crew gives season one, sorry, episode 12, the message, a nine out of 10 on the how shiny is it scale. That's not bad at all. And I'm going to write it down so that I don't forget it again. So if you have been here before, you know that what we like to do next is a little thing that we call the sudden but inevitable shout out. I'm going to give everybody a chance to jump into this shout out this week because I love to do that. But I am going to start with a couple of my own really quickly. First, I just want to say thank you to Sean at the guy and the guys at Cheap Seat Reviews. I had the pleasure of guesting on their show this week, and we got to watch the movie Road to Perdition, which is a Tom Hanks 1930s gangster movie. I had actually never seen it before, and when so you know when he told me about it, I was kind of going in blind, and I will be very honest with you guys i had a blast that movie is very good if you have paramount plus right now i think you can watch it it's probably off amazon prime now but definitely if you can do me a favor go follow at cheap seat cast on twitter and download their most recent episode i believe it's episode 340 can you believe that it features me hanging with sean and the guys talking about road to perdition and it was a lot of fun and i think you're gonna enjoy it if you enjoy this show i can attest it was a good show i listened to it it was it was fun <laughs> I'm I'm glad. I honestly figured that you guys would be like, "Look, dude, I already have to watch Firefly. I'm not going to listen to you talk about something else in the same way." All I do <laughs> is listen to podcasts by you guys all day, every day, all the time. So <laughs> I know the feeling, and I appreciate that. I'm I'm binging um, Marvel Cannon Madness on uh, Spotify instead of on Google Podcasts, so that it doesn't like interfere with my other. Make playlists, sure to smash that download I mean. button. <laughs> so uh my my second shout out this week you guys is um this is one of those situations where i haven't 100 percent cleared this but i feel like most people are okay with getting a shout out even if they haven't said yes um but this is going to the florida men at florida men on florida man podcast okay so this is guys in florida talking about you know 
news from Florida. There was if you're if you're ever a Loveline fan, back in the day they played this game called Germany or Florida, and it's a running joke that all of I'm the familiar. weird all the weird crazy news stories come out of either Germany or Florida, and it's kind of a running trope here in America that Florida is full of weirdos. So this is the official Florida Man podcast, and you can follow them at on Twitter at FMOFM podcast. And I, I just want to say thank you because they recently left us a five-star review on the Apple podcast page. And I am still in the process of putting together an Apple account so that I can do that for other podcasts. Um, the problem is that I can't do it on my phone because I have an Android. And every time I try to do it, I literally get a screen that's like, no, you can't do that. So hey I'm going to do it on my PC and Josh will also be jumping in on that as well. So... Having gotten my shout-outs out of the way, I would like to give you guys an opportunity to shout-out anybody who's been loving and supporting you on social media this week. So let's start with, thank you, Callie D. Germany is full of weirdos can confirm. Let's start with you, Ricky D. from Best Flicks with Ricky D. Do you have a shout-out this week? I certainly do. Uh, Like we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, we've been racing to 100 verified Twitter followers. Uh, one of the people that I've been talking to that's really given me a boost in that department is at FilmRageYYC. That's at FilmRageYYC. Uh, he has gotten me in touch with a whole bunch more podcasts. He has put me into a like group chat with other podcasts. And that group chat has been going off like crazy. As soon as I'm done with this, I'm going to have to start tweeting and sharing all these other people's uh, podcasts, but that's no problem for me. I am excited to be uh, welcome and a part of that world, so I'm very excited. He's been extremely open and welcoming. Uh, you could check out his Film Rage podcast. He's got, it's uh, himself, I don't know his first name, uh, but it's about, it's three guys, and they review recent movies that have come out, uh, and they'll just be kind of a little snarky, a little, you know, kind of put some attitude into their thoughts, whereas a lot of people are, you know, just kind of kind of quiet with their thoughts, and they just review without a lot of attitude. These guys really get funny, and they get some attitude into their thoughts, and I'm really enjoying listening to Film Rage, and I also really appreciate what he's done for me on Twitter. Very cool. So that was at Film Rage YYC. Very well done. Chip, do you have anybody that you would like to thank this week? Uh, just you guys. Thanks for uh, letting me tag along. Um, I did not prep a shout-out, though, so other than thanking no, no, you you're guys. Good. I did not send you a it. thing telling you to do it. So. I mean, sh- like, shout-out myself, you know. Check out our, uh, check out josh roy and myself's other podcast about all about marvel marvel canon madness it's gonna be at marvel canon madness yeah we're trying to hit that uh 250 followers on twitter now that we've got well over 100 well (laughs) over 100 thank you man we are we're very happy to have you with we're still crunching the numbers on that if somebody were interested they could watch marvel canon madness live monday nights on the same places that you are watching sudden but inevitable right now very true no we're also available anywhere else that you get your podcasts just marvel canon madness 
Look it up. Josh Jedi Madison, who is your shout out this week, my friend? Wow, do I have a lot. Um, first of all, I want to make that segue from MCM into one of my shout outs and shout out uh, Intrepid DM on Twitter, also known as Roy. Man, that kid has been killing it since he's joined the network, and I am so excited to have him on board. Um, and I want to give him a huge shout out for helping take over the MCM podcast a little bit more because it, it clears up. Uh, a lot of what I want to do with this network and things, so it, it really does help help me and us um, to to move a little bit further in this in this podcasting world. But um, I had a little bit of a bump on followers, and man, everyone has been really cool um, reacting to things and retweeting stuff. And I, you know, I try to follow everyone that I can, and I just realized as I was looking at my new followers that I haven't followed everyone, so I just started re like following everyone, and I I apologize for messing that up, but um, Sci-Fi Remnant, uh, Shoot the Flick, the BKSS show, Quit the Build, uh, the Malliard Report, I talked to him today, he's a, you know, nice guy. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, Read Oikon, Sprinkled with Hope podcast, Is It Really Though, Nick Emmel from 10-ish podcast, um, the 10-ish podcast, there's just, there's so many people that have, um, that are new to me, um, and Twitter is new to me, and I'm very thankful for all of you tweeters, twitterers out there. They're they're called Tweeple. Tweeple. They're called Tweeple. Thank all of you. Yes. Tweeple for welcoming me and the Twist of My Arm cast um, with open arms. It's been a lot of fun, like, learning Twitter, and you guys have been helping me a lot. So, And, and speaking of that, like, huge shout-out to you, Jesse, Captain Boot Scoot, for everything that you have done for this network and this show. And, um, man, you're, you're a huge help in in so many different ways, and I can't tell you enough how much I appreciate everything that you do. Um, the show is incredible and I, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be possible without you running it. So I just, again, I thank you so much for all that you do for the Twist of My Arm Network. You are very welcome, Josh. It is my pleasure. Thank you for giving me a ship and letting me choose my own crew and what jobs they do. I think that, you know, that was excellent foresight on your part. (laughs) So... I think you guys, there's not much else that we can say this week that's gonna make this any more fun and sappy. Yeah, (laughs) but I I am gonna take this this last opportunity just to say thank you one more time to everybody who's been here live with us. That's Callie D, Rona D, Rosie Saxon, uh, Browncoat Polt, Roy the Intrepid DM. Chip from the Marvel Canon Madness podcast, Josh from Twist My Arm, Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. All of you guys, thank you to Cameron at Greenshirt for your beautiful impression. Thank you to our anonymous caller who, you know, shared a bunch of opinions that may or may not matter at all. I just, you guys, this is the, the most fun that I have every Friday night. And I couldn't do this without you guys. And we wouldn't have this kind of fun without the audience so thank you guys so much and if you would like you can follow us on facebook.com slash twist my arm podcast to join us every week you can call us at 508-93-TWIST to leave us a voicemail josh go ahead and hit that music you can also follow us on twitter at sudden butt 
You can follow us on Instagram at Sudden But Inevitable Podcast. Or you can go to twistmyarmpodcast.com slash SBI to get everything all in one place. So, for the Sudden But Inevitable rewatch this week, I have been Jesse. I'm Chip. This is Ricky. And I'm Josh. Josh, take us out of the world. Yay. I can't do anything. What do you mean?